0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Roscoe to the Rescue by Nina Coombs-Pycare You might have thought I'd ask God for help with a problem like this, but I didn't think I had a problem, so it never occurred to me to bring God into it. I thought the fault was all Mom's and Peter's. I didn't like Peter. He was tall and skinny with a bald spot on the back of his head. He had a goofy laugh, sort of horse-like, and he smiled funny, too. But mostly I didn't like him because he'd married Mom. Mom met Peter at church. She said that he was a good man, that his wife was dead, and he didn't have any children. And in truth, he was always polite to me. It was just, well, a girl's only got one father. Mom and Peter and I went to Disney World on our honeymoon. Yes, they took me along. Peter was always doing nice things for me, but I figured the trip was really Mom's idea. I especially wanted to go on the Space Mountain roller coaster. Maybe I got my love of high places from my dad. Up there on the high iron, he had said, you can tell a man from a mouse. When I saw Space Mountain, I forgot everything else. Come on, I cried. Let's go. Peter took one look at the towering ride. He laughed that goofy laugh. Not me. Three feet up and I freeze. I had a sudden picture of Dad walking across the open steel girders of a new building so many stories above the ground, acting as cool as if he were in his own backyard. I sighed. Peter was a wimp, too. Things became even worse when we got home. Peter had this attitude about cats. Now, I'll admit that Roscoe's not the best-behaved cat in the world, "'He has long, white hair that sticks to everything, "'and he never comes when he's called unless he's hungry, "'and he has this really dumb habit of running away every chance he gets. "'But he's mine. He's part of the family.' "'Cats are good-for-nothing animals,' Peter began to complain. "'He'd say the same thing every time he had to pick white hairs off his dark suit. "'He had some wimpy job in a bank and always went to work wearing a suit. "'Of course, I got tired of having white hairs on everything, too,' but I would never have told Peter that. I could see Mom was worried about us. Oh, I wasn't mean to Peter, I just didn't talk to him unless I had to. After all, Mom hadn't asked about my feelings when she'd gotten the divorce. Oh, she talked to me, a lot of stuff about how she and Dad both still loved me, about how they each just wanted different things. I didn't notice either one of them asking me what I wanted, but the divorce was done, I had to live with it, and with the wimp she'd chosen to marry. About a month after the honeymoon, I came home from school and found Roscoe missing. He'd pulled some wires out of my bedroom screen and hightailed it out the window. I looked and looked, but I couldn't find him. I was still looking when Peter came home from work and asked, What's wrong? Roscoe's gone. He ripped open the screen and took off. Any idea where he'd go? I shook my head. I was trying not to cry. There was a Doberman around the corner that thinks a cat makes a nice dessert. There were all sorts of dogs in our neighborhood, big, mean ones. "'I suppose we'd better go out and look for him,' Peter said. "'You go that way.' I was halfway around the block when I remembered that Peter didn't even like the cat. So what was he doing out looking for him? After going around the block with nothing to show for it, I turned in our walk. The latter was leaning against the big maple tree by the side of the house. And on the highest rung stood Peter— I could still tell it was Peter by his polished shoes and blue pinstriped pant legs. The rest of him was hidden in the leaves. Suddenly the ladder started to move. I ran over and grabbed it. Peter, be careful! I shouted. Here, kitty, kitty! Peter's voice floated down. I looked up, but all I could see were the soles of his shoes and his wrinkled blue socks covered with white cat hairs. Peter's shoes moved just a little. I've got him. Keep the ladder steady. It took a long while for Peter to back down the ladder. Finally, he stood on the ground. His face was so pale it scared me. Sweat was running down into his white shirt. He stood for a minute, taking some deep breaths. Then he reached inside his coat and handed me a trembling Roscoe. You silly cat, I scolded, yet hugged him close. You could have been killed. I turned to Peter. He made a motion with his hand and took off behind the garage. I heard him being sick there. It didn't seem like the right time for saying thank you. I took Roscoe into the house and locked him in my room, making sure the window was shut tight. When I started back through the kitchen, Peter was just coming in. He sat down at the table as if he couldn't stand up for another minute. How about a glass of water, I asked. I was beginning to feel real stupid about the way I'd been treating him. I mean, my own father never helped me look for the cat. He nodded. Sounds good. I filled a glass and put it in front of him. Then I took his coat off the back of the chair and started picking cat hairs off it. Why'd you do a thing like that? I asked. Why'd you climb up that ladder? He laughed his goofy laugh. It sounded different somehow. Nicer. I was afraid she'd get away before you got back. Now that I was really paying attention to him, Peter wasn't so wimpy-looking. "'But you're scared of high places,' I reminded him. "'You'd better believe it. I fell out of a tree when I was a kid, spent a long time in the hospital.' "'Then why'd you go up the ladder?' He frowned and rubbed his bald spot. It seemed like the right thing to do. "'You love Roscoe, and I care about you, so I'm bound to care about the cat, too.' He smiled that funny smile. It seemed different, too.' I sort of liked it. I know you don't like me much, he went on. I'm not at all like your father. I'm not strong and handsome. I don't lead a life of adventure, but I take care of my family. I might get scared, but I do what needs to be done. I got up and went to the junk drawer for the roll of masking tape. Look, Peter, I said, the cat really is a lot of trouble. Sometimes I am too. I took a deep breath, but things are going to be different now. He watched while I tore off a strip of tape. The first thing I'm going to do is show you how to get the cat hairs off your clothes. I wrapped the tape around my hand, sticky side out, ready for action. Following my lead, Peter reached for the tape and tore off a piece, but he didn't realize we were both headed for the same area of his suit. Our hands landed on top of each other. Looks like we're sort of sticking together, Peter observed. I couldn't have said it better. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.